Welcome to Fashion Forum, a podcast brought to you by the British Fashion Council. I'm Caroline Rush, Chief Executive. Today we bring you a series of conversations highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers, but also the broader creative community, all of whom play a vital role in our industry's culture and reputation, promoting British creativity on a global scale. Hello, I'm June Sarpong, TV presenter, campaigner and newly director of creative diversity for the BBC. For this episode of Fashion Forum, I'm delighted to be speaking to Lucy Yeomans, formerly editor-in-chief of Porter magazine and most recently the creator, founder and CEO of Dressed, the world's first interactive luxury styling game. Welcome, Lucy. Um, it's lovely to be here um, and great to be talking with you. Very excited about your new role at the BBC. Oh, thank you, Lucy. And very excited about Dressed. <laughs> so we've, we've got double excitement to share here. Um, so first of all, um, I'd love to ask how you're coping with lockdown in these strange times that we find ourselves in. Um, it's interesting because um, now I'm obviously leading a, a technology and fashion company We've actually found that, you know, Zoom, I know, was a new thing for a lot of people. But for us, um, it was the way it's the way we communicate with a lot of our development and tech team who are kind of scattered around Europe. Um, mm. So we've actually found ourselves, you know, being possibly more productive. Um, homeschooling challenges aside, I would add. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could imagine. So if we talk more about really what you're doing now and, and the sort of um, philosophy philosophy um, behind Dressed. Um, it'd be interesting to get from you, one, why you decided to set it up, and then perhaps we kind of go back a bit um, to talk about what you were doing with Porter magazine and, and how that influenced what you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, actually, just, you know, thinking about that time when I moved from Harper's Bazaar to, to join Net-A-Porter to set up Porter um, and at the time, some people thought that was very radical. I had people saying, gosh, you're selling out. You're going to an e-commerce platform. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting because I just saw it so differently. I loved the technology behind the platform, the vision um, of, 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 the, of you know, Natalie Massonet's vision. I love the ease and the speed of the experience and the service. And so for me, I've always had a, you know, an interesting relationship with technology. For me to combine the technology and the kind of e-commerce power of Net-A-Porter with, you know, the very best elements of magazine journalism, you know, the authoritative point of view, the storytelling, you know, great written features, profile of brilliant women, inspiring fashion editorial. For me, I've always believed that um, technology is a way to kind of, you know, just to deliver our audiences a better experience, you know, with, with Porter, um, you know, which was the world's first shoppable magazine, we really just combined, you know, we took people on a seamless journey from inspiration, education and seduction through to that kind of ultimate fashion fulfillment. So I've really always seen technology as an enabler. And um, in my new project, um, you know, it was this that inspired Dressed was, you know, harnessing all these exciting new te technologies that are out there right now to create an incredible, um, you know, game-changing user experience. Um, you know, Dressed, um, the technologies that we play on 
obviously e-commerce and um, the e-commerce experience but also we've led onto that avatar creation the ability to dress your avatar in the latest new season fashion to create the virtual wardrobe you can shop from you know it's it's exciting when you see that technology can really deliver that consumer a much more exciting experience and so how does dressed actually work can you talk me through that yeah absolutely no um to put it simply, I mean, I, you've just, we've described it as kind of the world's first luxury styling game. Um, and what I wanted to do was to create um, a space, a democratic and inclusive space for everyone who loves fashion to discover, uh, to play and create. Um, and I first got the kind of gaming bug um, about 10 years ago. I started kind of looking at gaming. I think my nephews were playing the Harry Potter games. And then I started getting strange invitations on Facebook for people inviting me to kind of cultivate strawberries on this game called Farmville. And I thought, you know, what is this? Um, and the more I kind of delved into this kind of incredible world of gaming, I thought, wow, there's a lot of synergy between fashion. You know, at first glance, you might think that they have very little in common, you know, but actually gaming is about creating beautiful worlds. It's about role play, encouraging fantasy, and there's a sense of identity. And, you know, by contrast to that, fashion is also strategic. It's competitive, it's playful, it's fun. So for me, I thought, how amazing would it be if we could, you know, actually create a game that... Um, that appeal to, you know, that, that address the subject matter that you were passionate about. Um, instead of, you know, growing herds of goats and, you know, growing strawberries, you were actually, you were actually interacting and discovering a world that you were passionate about. Um, and, you know, having been a magazine editor for a long time, I thought, wouldn't it be incredible if every love, lover of fashion had access to all the elements that I had had as a magazine editor that top stylists have? Um, you know, the latest new season's clothes, the world top models, the hair, the makeup, the dream locations. And if we could render all of that virtually, um, it would mean that everyone could play. Everyone could be a part of this world and share their creativity, their point of view, and really step into the highly engaging and kind of beautiful world of fashion um, and so in dress really as a user you're you are invited to come in adopt the role of a stylist and you're set challenges via a kind of you know like a, a real-life news feed so if it's the Met Gala happening in New York you're invited to come and style one of our fit model avatars or supermodel avatars in the latest fashion to create an amazing look for the you know the Met Ball or the Oscars um, or to a new trend and so really it's been, you know, I, I wanted everyone to kind of feel like they could be a part of this world and just open up that world of fashion to a broader audience. I love it. So how does it function? What is it? Is a website, an app? How do people access it? Um, it's a mobile app that can be downloaded either on um, Apple Store or Google Play. Um, and it's free to download. Um, and, you, you know, as you come in, you're shown your various challenges, you're given your fit models, you're given a little allowance. Um, I think it's about 20,000 dress dollars. And with that, you can then, you're then invited to come and play. Um, so if your first challenge was, um, I don't know, dress a an actress for the Oscars or dress someone in an amazing new trend, you would be able to sort of scroll through um, our wardrobe, um, our, our, our wardrobe picker. And we have over 160 of the world's top brands. We have um, items from their wardrobes. We have a nice relationship with uh, Farfetch, 
um, mm. who are our kind of retail partner, which means that if you're playing with a product in the game and you're, you know, you're having fun with it, you're styling, you're creating different looks, mixing and matching product virtually, um, you can always at some point go back into the real world and actually buy that product in real life. So there's yeah. an element where you can game and you can play and you can have fun, you can share your looks, community rates your looks, there's leaderboards, there's all kinds of you know, fun of gaming activities. But also, if you purely just love shopping, you can try the clothes on on one of our amazing diverse range of avatars and, and go on to, to purchase in real life. Well, you know what, Lucy, that's why you are, a, a, you are indeed a consummate professional. And it's clear you've been doing your job for as long as you have because you set me up perfectly for my next question, um, which was, as you know, diversity and inclusion is something that's very dear to my heart. Um, so in terms of the avatars, how inclusive are they? Are, they, are there different ethnicities, different body shapes, um, uh, disability? Is all of that actually factored in as well? It was really important to me um, that dress really reflected the world that we live in, for everyone to find, you know, some someone on our platform that they could relate, relate to, to really create this kind of inclusive environment. And I think it's funny when, when you say the word avatar, it just conjures up kind of a highly sort of airbrushed, stylized, kind of unattainable Barbie-like body. And I was really, really, you know, I, it was really important to me that we challenge that. So we have got as diverse a lineup as we can muster for launch um, with different ethnicities, body types, even ages. Um, and I think age is another thing, is another area that fashion needs to address. Um, but as I say, um, you know, you mentioned disability. That's not something that we have the technology to be able to do brilliantly at this moment, but absolutely on our roadmap, as soon as the AI and the tech gets better, we want to push the boundaries. But for now, we have a really wonderful range of, um, I think we've, we've got about 12 avatars in the game currently, and we will have another 10 supermodels coming in um, in September. Um, and we really wanted to represent, you know, the beauty of, you know, of the body in all its shapes and sizes and ethnicities. Of course. And, and I think that actually the exciting thing for you is, is, is the fact that there are lots of areas of growth because obviously for um, those with physical disabilities, uh, we know that the fashion industry hasn't been as inclusive as it could be in terms of the kinds of clothing uh, that they can wear. Um, and actually to have the avatar experience where you could wear any dress you wanted and it could be sort of um, uh, customized for your body uh, uh, shape I think could be really powerful so would love to see that at some point in the future. It's 100% on our roadmap and we're pushing all the time you know how to you know one of our biggest challenges is how to wrap you know uh, the clothes around each of the different body types to it's you know it's, it's an it's a kind of incredible world an incredible kind of rabbit hole that i've fallen into but it is interesting for me that even even with the proposition that we have i love it when i see a dress that looks better on a larger or curvier body type or i see another piece that might suit a more androgynous form and already i'm starting to see the potential of what this can come when we work hard with, um, you know, in creating the technology and the AI to deliver, you know, the all the different body types that you, you know that you mentioned. Yeah, 
I love it. So let's talk a bit about you. Obviously, you are a legend in the world of fashion and also one of the most liked people. That's what's lovely about you. You know, I'm, I'm not from fashion. And I have to say, your industry is not known particularly for its nice people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it can be quite a cutthroat industry. And you've always been um, such a joy to work with and just a sort of ray of sunshine everywhere you go. Can you tell me about your start and how you fell into fashion? Well, firstly, that's incredibly, <laughs> incredibly kind of you to say so. Um, um, and I have to say that, I do believe in the last few years that I feel like the fashion industry has become a nicer and friendlier and more inclusive place and is all the better for it. So <laughs> just, just an observation. I, um, I completely fell into fashion by accident. I was, I mean, probably a sign of the times, but I was actually working on a, I was working as a literary and an arts editor on a, on a newspaper and an interview with Karl Lagerfeld suddenly came up and Yes, this is definitely a sign in the times. I think the editor um, at the time thought that I maybe looked right to go and interview Karl Lagerfeld and I wore quite nice clothes. And so I kind of got this assignment in, in Paris interviewing Karl Lagerfeld and, you know, it really opened my eyes to the, the beauty and, and depth of this incredible world. Mm. Um, and... Um, yeah, so I went very much up through the kind of features route, through the kind of journalistic route. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, I joined um, Condé Nast, where I worked at Tatler and very briefly at Vogue. I think I have the shortest history of working at Vogue for one day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one day like? <laughs> yeah, before our mutual friend, Terry Mansfield, um, who... Um, sadly passed this summer for, from Corona, who had been the, the head of Hearst, um, offered me the job as editor of Harper's, um, um, Harper's and Queen, as it was then called, when I was, you know, just 29. So a lot of my fashion education actually took place, if you like, on the job. Um, mm -hmm. I was very lucky that the people, the team I worked with at Harper's, you know, taught me the ways of the fashion industry and how it worked. I'd always had a passion for fashion photography, um, in my probably my, talking more to my kind of art side of my brain, but from Louise Dahl Wolf to Helmut Newton, um, but it was you know it was it was kind of an induction by fire. Um, one of the interesting things was that the photographer who was on contract um, to the magazine at the time was David Bailey, um, so I found myself having to contend with him, um, and he taught me a huge amount about the world, including. Um, how to stand up for myself and yeah because if ever there's someone that will teach you how to stand up for yourself it's David Bailey right <laughs> exactly but I have to say I've had I've been so fortunate along the way um I've kind of you know as as I've gone on on my journey through fashion I've met people who've inspired me who've mentored me um Dan von Furstenberg um mm -hmm. quickly became a very important mentor to me um you know, I've been inspired by so many people, um, Stella McCartney, her passion and authenticity in terms of changing our business, Livia Firth. Um, and of course, um, I had the real pleasure to, to work when I was at Condé Nast with um, Natalie Massenet. Yeah. We used to kind of um, get together for coffee in the fashion cupboard and sort of talk about our dreams for our careers going forward. And of course, she went on to have the amazing um, 
vision and entrepreneurial skills to um, um, to devise and launch Net-A-Porter. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I, th I think really um, stands out for me is, you know, I, I've, I've been very drawn to people who are kind in the way that they operate. Mm. And the people I've, I've mentioned very much fall into that category, but also, you know, supermodels like Christy Turlington, Natalia Volianova, you know, girls who really started to change the industry. Um, they use the airspace that they gained through um, the fashion industry for good. And this was something that I felt personally that I really started to understand when I was at Porter mm -hmm. Magazine. I understood the importance and responsibility of having a platform, but very much inspired by some of the people I've just mentioned. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the people that you mentioned and, the, you know, many phenomenal women who you've worked with and who've um, mentored you as well, um, they're, all, they're all entrepreneurs. So it seems as if it was inevitable that you would eventually become an entrepreneur yourself. Um, how is it different running your own business um, as opposed to heading up um, someone else's? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's frightening. I am incredibly risk averse as, um, mm -hmm. my investor, who's also my friend and co-founder <laughs> will tell you, I had this idea. Yeah. I had this idea several years ago and it really took a lot of chivying from him to say, come on, you can do this. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm, it's exciting for me because I think, uh, there are very few CEOs who come up through the kind of creative route. Yeah. Um, but it has been an immensely steep learning curve. Um, you know, getting into funding rounds and, you know, I've, I've always gone to HR with a problem. I haven't had to run HR. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> has HR come to you? <laughs> and now it's interesting because we're actually, we're, just shy of 80 people in our company. Wow. Um, but what I think is exciting in this gaming tech space, um, which I think has been a real game changer for our business, is the fact that um, in our leadership, you know, I'm from fashion. I have, I'm, they call me the kind of luxury, luxury star in the business sometimes because I'm always like, well, gaming would do this. And I'm like, but that's not luxury. That's not luxury. So I think what's really exciting is that we have a really healthy tension between the fashion and the technology. But yeah. it means that I can ensure that the platform that we create is one that really, really responds and to the needs of the fashion industry, gives all of our partners, be it a brand or our talent, the confidence of knowing that they're in very safe hands. Yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's, it, it's been a really, really interesting journey, much harder work than I ever imagined. If I'd known how hard it would have been, I may not have set off on this path. But as I am where I am now, it, it's incredible. And every wow. day is a roller coaster with, you know, tough moments. But of course, you know, when you do something, when you, when you're, you know, it's interesting doing a podcast, giving a presentation, you, you're talking about your idea coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. And that's so exciting. And it really gives me an insight into, you know, the minds of people like Natalie, like Diane von Furstenberg, who, you know, who set up their businesses and that sort of passionate belief and standing up for something that you've created. It's, it's incredibly exciting. I love this. And so if for you as now somebody who's running their own business that has a team of 80, 
what do you think you've learned in this period? Because you said it's been a steep learning curve. What is the one thing that, you know, in all your years of, of, of being, you know, one of the most respected editors in the industry, what's new? What, you know, you would have thought perhaps there's nothing new for you to learn, but now you're doing this. I bet there's lots of new things that you're discovering. I think it's really important that everyone in the company really understands the vision, the mission and the purpose of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know, another element I didn't actually mention was that, you know, something that was incredibly important for me going into this space was kind of, you know, the, the giving back element um, and actually being able to kind of, you know, talk to my investor about how we, you know, built in a philanthropic mechanisms mm -hmm. our business model was really important. And it's interesting, you have those ideas and sometimes you can find that you're like talking to the press about those ideas or you're talking to your talent or your brand partners, but perhaps not, you know, that, you know, that developer who's working on your, you know, on your Android version doesn't know about it. So, you know, it's interesting how important it is to keep talking about what you're doing what your aims are what your goal is what your north star is and i think at the beginning i was probably a little bit shorthand i know it i can pitch it i can <laughs> present it but i realized actually taking the time to really bring every single last member of your team on your journey with you is incredibly important yeah. and another element is just being surrounded by incredible leaders and i'm very fortunate that in my sort of you know in our leadership team we have you know, some incredible talents. Um, and that, the, the tension that exists between the fashion and the technology is not a problem. It's really healthy. It's really positive. Um, and I'm someone who's always shied away from, not confrontation, but, it, you know, I've, I've, really, I've really enjoyed, you know, the debates, the healthy debates when we're looking at how to ta tackle a feature release or a new, you know, a new element of the product that we're going to develop. So, yeah, if, I, I would, it would be a very long list if I had to tell you how many things I've learned in the, in the past year. <laughs> And and do you find have you found that more people are using it since lockdown? Because I suppose for your business, lockdown perhaps has been beneficial to it. No. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels kind of wrong to say that. Yeah. Um, for us, um, because you know we're taking all the kind of beauty and you know greatness of the real fashion world and creating it in this kind of beautiful virtual sustainable space where everyone can come and play and escape and create and discover um so for us it's actually a very safe space during these co you know during these kind of covid yeah. times um and of course people are at home um under lockdown so we've actually found that we've had incredible organic growth during this period um i mean we we had we had planned um a big sort of fashion launch with our supermodels um towards the end of march that didn't feel right um it actually doesn't feel right this summer so we're looking now to kind of have the kind of more showy moment potentially in september um but um, yes, lockdown has been, um, you know, dare I say it, positive for our business. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's been very interesting. Um, I think at this moment, we're all trying to grapple with what's fashion's new normal. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that is going to be a, com a combination of many, of, of a number of factors. Um, one is, you know, just delighting and entertaining and engaging your audiences in an authentic way. Another part of that is delivering technological innovation that answers the needs of your brands, 
or of your audience. Um, and we've actually found that a number of brands have come to us and, and, you know, asking us if we can, you know, create sort of white label versions of dress so that they can, you know, customers can come in and they can almost try before you buy in a virtual space. Um, we've got, we're working with brands allowing personal shoppers access to the app. There's so many ways that we can use this. And I think that that sense of the kind of, you know, the digital, the physical and the digital, we, we call it RVR, real virtual real, is going to become, you know, a part of our life. And also, excitingly, it addresses a lot of the sustainability issues that we're, we're facing as, as, a, as a planet today. Wow. Because I was going to say that, actually. Obviously, sustainability is one of pressing issues um, facing the fashion industry. And so how do you um, ensure that that is a key part of everything that you're doing? Um, it's, it's really, really important for me. Um, and we actually have a tag of conscious brands. So just on a, on a gameplay level, we're always encouraging people to discover and play with conscious brands. But I think another part of it is that, you know, for me, that content experience, you know, creating a shoot and I'm, and I'm not talking at the very very highest level I think you know the art of fashion photography at its highest level is is a beautiful thing and it's important on so many different levels but I think in terms of product discovery the ability for people to effective we're allowing all of our users to come in interact with all the product discover it play with it create with it style with it virtually um, and and then in turn, the looks that our users create then inspire other users to shop. And I love it because not everybody knows that that little, that Saint Laurent jacket looks as nice with a, a beautiful, you know, um, maxi skirt as it does with a cut off, you know, a cut off, cut a pair of cut off denim shorts. So I love the fact that our community are actually creating their own content in this virtual space um, and actually helping people to style. And I think through allowing people to kind of come and style virtually before they buy, I'm hoping that will lead to more thoughtful consumerism. Yes. Lots of mechanisms in the, in, in the game where you understand like, oh, I've worn this eight times. Maybe, oh, and it goes with this and it goes with that. So I think there's some practical elements. But also, interestingly, you know, with technology comes incredible data. And already um, we've done a couple of partnerships with some big brands, um, Gucci, Puma, etc. And already we're understanding because we have this amazing global audience and we're understanding what they're playing with, we're starting to understand the appetite for specific products in specific territories. So we are hoping that once we are, you know, we're in full launch and we have that, you know, that big global audience that we'll actually be able to provide data to brands that might enable them to be more strategic about their production, uh, that, you know, about their production strategy to sort of enable them to say, actually, that navy bag doesn't 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 work in australia it needs to be this or it needs to be that so we're hoping that we can use that data to kind of push back into the industry to to make it more sustainable brilliant and my final question um is what will success look like for you Ooh. <laughs> um oh a stress-free life at this moment <laughs> no, <such luck. laughs> no i think if we can create a platform that is um, that democratizes the fashion experience that allows a greater number of people to come in and experience our beautiful world 
and to be inspired by that beautiful world and hopefully really positions fashion as a force for good, um, both in terms of as a, as a place to be creative, as a place to self-express, but also in terms of, you know, in terms of our content, we're always talking about incredible women, the supermodels, the talent we're working with. We want people who, you know, we have this phrase in the business called what it means to be well-dressed. It's mm. not enough just to be, to look good, to, um, to wear clothes. It's about what you stand for. It's about your voice. So I think we obviously, the more successful we are, we are the broader our audience. Um, I think we can create a really successful business that has meaningful donations um, going back into causes that are close to our hearts and those of our audience. Also a platform that um, encourages positive change. Brilliant. Well, I think that that is a mission well worth pursuing. Uh, Lucy, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, congratulations with everything that you're doing and congratulations for this rapid pace of growth in such a uh, short space of time, particularly during such uncertain times. So you should be so proud of yourself and your team. Um, and I look forward to um, playing with the app, as it were. <laughs> You'll be great. Um, and thank you so much for your very thoughtful questioning. It's always such a pleasure to speak to you. And today has been no exception. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Fashion Forum is a co-production between the British Fashion Council and In Talks With Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to find out more and join the conversation on social media, then head to londonfashionweek.co.uk or at London Fashion Week.